Welcome to the Momentum Podcast, where our goal is to help real estate agents gain momentum toward their goals. Today's episode is number two, and today we're talking all about being a buyer's agent and the value we can add. That's right. Yeah. This was one of the exercises that we did as part of our workshop and our planning for 2024. And so we thought it'd be a great topic for a whole episode to really unpack how do we as buyer's agents and perhaps you as a listener work mostly with buyers, how do you set yourself apart in today's market to add the most value that you can to the buyer's in your world and add contrast you guys mm. are going to hear us say that a lot because mm-hmm. that's something that's been preached to us and I think it's so important especially as we enter 2024 in this insane market we're entering an election year too mm-hmm. it'll be very interesting mm-hmm. <laughs> to see what's to come but adding contrast so Kristen what are some strong assets that you bring to add contrast to your business and as a buyer's agent? I think the first thing I would mention is, and obviously this comes into play whether you're working with buyers or with sellers, but particularly with buyers, sometimes we have buyers that are local and have lived here maybe all their lives or lived here for a number of years. And so there might be an assumption that they have an understanding of the real estate market and trends and patterns, but we need to position ourselves as the market expert. So to be able to bring that knowledge to bear, regardless of where your buyer is coming from. And then of course, if they're an out of state or out of the area buyer, they're going to have even less understanding of not just the market, but the region and opportunities and schools and you name it. And so for us as agents to be able to position ourselves as having a deep understanding of the community, where our buyers are looking, that's part of the education that we do, the constant learning. We have to stay evergreen in all of those areas so that we can provide data and facts and help our buyers make educated decisions Mm -hmm. in the whole process. Mm -hmm. One other thing I'd mentioned is when it comes to actually making an offer on a property, a lot of times we'll run a comparative market analysis and we'll see what have other similar properties sold for and bring that data to bear so that it informs the offer that we make. We want the buyer to make the best offer. And so completing that CMA, oftentimes we think about that on the listing side, but it can be just as valuable on the buyer side. Mm -hmm. So Corey, talk to us about the importance of effective communication as a buyer's agent. Yeah, not only with your clients, but also the realtor on the other side. It is incredibly important. Just constantly communicating, hey, I just heard from the listing agent. This is what they said. Keeping them abreast because I've learned, even when I've communicated that, if they love to call or rather than text, Mm. I'll let them know in a text after our conversation because it has come to save me in so many ways. Also, just really great communication with the listing agent has helped me win deals. Mm -hmm. Just sharing with them some important information about your clients that would help win a deal or 
just adding that value as a relationship artist, if you mm -hmm. will, with the listing agent has helped give me leads. It is just such a good attribute to have as a buyer's agent. I think one of the things that I've observed you do really well is when you're reaching out to that listing agent, you are representing the whole team that comes along with you. You obviously are representing the buyer, but you have a transaction coordinator and you have a lender and you have a home inspector. And to be able to communicate to the listing agent that you're locked and loaded, you are ready to go. As soon as this thing gets under contract, they can expect that inspection to be scheduled, that if the buyer's financing, they are ready to go with all the pre-approval pieces and so I think that's a real strength and asset to be able to communicate at the very beginning mm -hmm. and set you apart from perhaps another offer that mm -hmm. might be coming through. And something that Kristen's so good at is formulating herself to the best communication style of mm -hmm. her clients and we've seen it over and over again <laughs> where she has an elderly client that doesn't like to text and she's able to morph to what they need a chameleon if you will <laughs> it's so awesome thanks and I, I think to underscore what you mentioned about just being a really responsive agent mm -hmm. when you receive communication from the other side to not leave your buyer hanging to be really quick to communicate because we all understand the the nerves and the emotions involved in the process especially when you've put an offer in and you're waiting to hear back and there's just a lot of anxiety that can emerge in that mm -hmm. process so I think you do a really good job of trying to like you said cut any anxiety off at the pass and <laughs> beat them to the punch so they're not like Corey have you heard anything have you heard yet yeah exactly and just saying, hey, haven't heard from them. I will check back in in an hour or I'll do X. Another thing within communication is not inserting yourself. Mm. So making sure you are adding value of helping your clients come to the conclusion or helping really listen to what their needs are and understand and ask the right questions, right? Because mm -hmm. I've been working with a licensed therapist to do some training for real estate agents. And one of the things we were walking and talking about this class we're gonna do, and she's like, so Corey, if I were telling you I'm a buyer and I'm really stressed about like decluttering my house to sell it and move it, where would your head go? And I'm like, well, I have an amazing vendor partner that could help you. And she's like, well, actually like, I want to do it myself because I don't like people touching it. So like the fact that you inserted that and I was like, oh, that was such a good eye-opening mm. experience for me to really understand the motivational interviewing. You're not mm. like motivating them to say what you want them to say, but you're trying to help understand where their needs are so that you can help the best way mm. you can. And I was like, oh, that's so good. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. And and you see it too, agent to agent. Mm -hmm. How many times do you get a communication from an agent on the other side? And it makes me wonder if they've actually talked to their client right. or if they're just communicating their own opinion. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so hard for us, but it's a real skill to develop to be able to just be that neutral go-between. Uh -huh. You are just a vessel. This is not about your opinion. It's not your transaction. It's not your purchase. Mm -hmm. So to be able to 
tactfully and without emotion communicate what your buyers have communicated to the listing agent and you really hope that there's a reciprocal (laughs) exchange from the other side and it's just really tricky because I think there are moments where you just want to ask is this the will of the seller and sometimes we push and if an agent is snippy and comes back with something real sharp sometimes we'll say that's great. Can you send that to me in writing from the seller? Thanks. Right. <laughs> Can you have that offer initial to make sure that yeah. it's, it was presented? Yeah. I love that. Or sometimes as a buyer's agent, silence has been really powerful mm. when I'm in a transaction. Yep. So really understanding when is it enough to not communicate sometimes mm-hmm. too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. The well-timed silence. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Silence can be power. Let's talk about property searches Mm -hmm. when it comes to working with buyers obviously this is typically what happens the very early part of your work with a buyer Mm -hmm. so talk through some skill around property searches and how to really bring value in that area yeah I know something that you and I both do that's so awesome is pull up the MLS and actually show our clients what the search tool is doing. Mm. Cause I know there are a lot of agents, especially in our world that want to pretend they're sending those to their clients. <laughs> and I know you and I like to be transparent mm. and share that. So I think that's really important so that they can understand, especially your super detail oriented people. They mm-hmm. will love that, mm-hmm. love to see what that looks like. And then they can understand further if they need to change something or see something on Zillow that they didn't see on your MLS. And and some people don't want that level of detail. Right. And so that takes skill to figure out what does your client right. need? And there's some people I know that that's just going to overwhelm them. Yeah. So I will tell them what I'm going to do in the background, but also let them know this is a um, dynamic process and we can change criteria as we go. So we're not locked in. I'm going to set up an initial search, but if you're seeing results that aren't quite what you're looking for, Mm -hmm. let's talk about that Mm -hmm. and see what we can adjust. And some things we can adjust and some things we Mm can't. And so we just have to feel that out as we go. But I think to your point, it takes that knowledge and figuring out how to understand what your client needs as you get that search going. Yeah. And a couple more things. One is in our MLS, you can heart things and throw things away Mm. and comment on things. And I'm always telling my clients, please do that Mm -hmm. as much as possible because that is going to help me understand what you want because I strive to find the property for you Mm -hmm. and take that work off your plate. Um, Another thing is setting up a search that is not sent to your client, Mm -hmm. that's sent to you, that maybe is an acre more or maybe $50,000 more Mm -hmm. or something to stretch a little bit of the criteria so that you can send it to them and be like, oh, this has been on the market for 50 days. I think it's time to check this one out or just that one more thing that you can do to add contrast. Yeah. That reminds me of something we've um, picked up along the way is when you're actually out looking at property Mm -hmm. to have that back pocket Mm -hmm. listing. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's not part of your tour that you scheduled and made happen, but maybe you go look at three properties and at the end of the three, they're kind of like, meh, 
I don't know, nothing jumped out. They didn't love anything. But you know there's a property that it, it might just be a little bit of a stretch, like you mentioned, but it's in the same county or the same town, maybe just a little bit over their budget. And you can pull that up at that moment to say, hey, take a look at this one. Should we call the listing and see if we can go take a look? Mm -hmm. And that can really be a way to create mm -hmm. contrast. Yeah. Don't put pressure on yourself that you have to do that every single time because every search is a little different and every showing schedule and itinerary looks a little different. But that's kind of a tip to file away and see when you can incorporate that. Mm -hmm. There might be just a perfect buyer that that might be the ticket. Mm -hmm. I had a, a past client just this week who celebrated their first year in their house and they were first time home buyers and just a great couple to work with. But she mentioned in her one-year anniversary post that, that she was so grateful that I had mentioned when they were looking, like, why the heck have you guys not looked at this house yet? Because it was one that I kept seeing, and we had gone and looked at all these fixer-uppers and these places that just needed so much work and was going to be so overwhelming for them as first-time homebuyers. And I had found this super cute house that was at the top of their budget, but I was just like, this is for them. They need to see this. And they did. And that's the one they ended up buying. And so there's ways that you can, in some cases, very easily create contrast. Mm -hmm. But knowing your clients and knowing when to pull those things out is equally important. Mm -hmm. Yep. What about some negotiating skills? Like, what do you do to add contrast in that realm? I think I'd go back to your relationship building with the co-broker mm -hmm. and the agent on the other side of the mm -hmm. table. I think that negotiation gets a bad rap because it's perceived as being pushy or you know, being feisty. And sometimes it is. But I think there's a more winsome way to get successful negotiations and sometimes it's just by being a good agent mm -hmm. <laughs> and bringing your a game to every transaction mm -hmm. and so i think that initial communication right out of the gate even from the time you set up a showing you are communicating who you are as an agent from the very first appointment that you make to go look at mm -hmm. one of their listings mm -hmm. and so to be able to be consistent and to show up as a professional in every interaction, I think is a huge part of negotiating expertise. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's so true. I think, like you said, doing a video when you're trying to get an mm -hmm. offer accepted to kind of show mm -hmm. who you are. I've had agents show that to their sellers and we've won because yeah. of it. So neat. Yeah. And then also making sure, like we said earlier, that you've got the vendors in place to be like, look, We've gotten an electrician and a HVAC person. I've got this person that's going to do one-stop shop. And yeah, there's some issues. These are safety concerns or really highlighting why it's a problem for your clients mm -hmm. and why they're not going to want to put it back on the market for material fact or whatever yeah. that may look like in your state. Yeah. And I think it is imperative that you are continually sharing and caring <laughs> <laughs> because at the same time, you both are trying to get to the finish line and, and so is the whole team, right? right? So how can we make it work? And sometimes that means I'm going to have to bring some of my commission to the deal mm -hmm. that happens very rarely and yeah. I 
tell everyone don't make that your first stab at it but there's just different things that you can do to make it go to the finish line yeah I mean you and I did a deal together and I remember that being a really powerful part of our transaction was because the house was older it had issues and we both were obviously wanting the best for our clients but we took a win-win mentality Mm -hmm. like how do we get to a place where my clients as the buyers felt like they were winning and your clients the sellers felt like they Mm -hmm. were also winning Mm -hmm. even though both sides had to make some concessions Mm -hmm. but again the relationship that we had and continued to push Mm -hmm. through and say let's look for solutions Mm -hmm. so many agents look for barriers and I think why let's look for the solutions here because they generally exist Mm -hmm. that (laughs) is so good let's find them (laughs) yeah that is so true I think as we bring this episode to a close, Corey, I I think it'd be great to end on the ways that agents can go above and beyond in service of their clients. One thing that we've talked a lot about over the last year or, or more is there are times when you can't be everywhere all the time. Mm-hmm. So having a good team behind you, and when I say team, and I don't mean a formal team, but who are your partners? Mm-hmm. Who are your colleagues that you can call on to do a showing for you if, if you run out of hours in the day or you're going to be out of town mm-hmm. or you have an unexpected conflict mm-hmm. that pops up in your day or in your week? That happens to all of us. And so who can you call on? Perhaps there's times when you're going to be away and you're going to be out of commission, like not available, not reachable by phone. So who's going to negotiate on your behalf? Mm-hmm. Who's going to help get that transaction over the finish line or continue moving forward mm-hmm. in case there's any issues that pop up? So I think just being prepared and having a good solid team in your corner. And how cool is that to add that value to your clients during your buyer's consult to say, I have these people, the market is moving fast. So if this happens where I need some help, Mm -hmm. I've got a team behind me. Mm -hmm. It's just such a wonderful aspect. A TC who can pull an offer together in a half hour and get it submitted. (laughs) Like that's just huge. Right, exactly. And then another piece to that puzzle is like you said being prepared on the Mm -hmm. front end Mm -hmm. and really knowing your stuff and knowing more about the house and even if you don't know it all or have it memorized being able to point at it in the MLS sheet in your hands immediately Mm -hmm. or tell them the age of the roof or what problems to look for I think that is a definite contrast yeah because I know a lot of agents that do not do that kind of thing and it's important this is the biggest transaction of Mm -hmm. their life so you have to really help them that's right well I hope that we have done a sufficient job of (laughs) outlining ways to bring value and create contrast as a buyer's agent thank you so much for listening to today's episode it really means a lot to us it would also really help us if you would subscribe and leave a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. And finally, like and follow us on our Instagram at Momentum in Real Estate. All right, bye.